You got cameras all over that line. Check out this fucking Or I will call the police and file a complaint on it. You check it out. I'm calling the police and you have that shit. All that camera feed pulled in that camera. I'm taking my word for She don't tell me, bro. He wants us to pull the feed on those cameras. Are we on the air? The George Wilder Jr. Show. Are we on? Let me see. Let me give it another check. <coughs> no, we're not.
In an astonishingly blatant abuse of power, the President of the United States attempted to use the power of his office and the power of the federal government to financially wow. injure a company owned by a man who published journalism we, the president doesn't like. The Washington Post reporting today that Trump has personally been pushing. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're starting off at the wrong foot here. Let me go back to the beginning. It's a beautiful day in the city of Chicago. I hope that it's beautiful where you are. And the George Wilder Jr. Show is finally, finally, finally here. We're on the air, folks. And we're, we're, we're just getting here. We're having some sort of technical difficulty, but I believe we're on the air. And I'm, I want to thank everybody for staying with me. Great. Okay, we're going to take that to where the show is supposed to start, the beginning, so we can do this the right way. Let's see. Intro. We're looking for the intro. Do we have the intro there, fellas? Yeah, we're on the air. We're on the air. We just need the intro. Okay, we're going to do this one. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Before uh, uh, we do anything else, and I want to say, and 
Uh, she was a little low, but I don't know if you guys heard that. But anyway, the George Wilder Jr. show is on the air, and it's it feels pretty good. Let me do this intro. The George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air. on that one. Maybe we won't use it because, uh, you know, I, I I was hearing some static somewhere, but we'll have to go and try and uh, um, do that again. But anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Folk, folks out there in the world, out there in the city of Chicago. We've got these midterm elections coming up, folks. We're going to have to get out there and do it. We're going to have to get out there and vote blue. And I was saying something this morning that London is protesting and standing up to Trump. Why can't Americans do that? I mean, if you're not a Trumpster, if you're not in Trump's pocket and you want to see this guy out of office, stand up to him. I, I, I do believe that there's going to be a huge blue wave no matter how much the Republicans try to cheat. And they will try to cheat. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the Republicans and Donald Trump, they're in Russia pocket. I mean, they make no bones about it. They're not ashamed to admit it. They're not ashamed to admit it, that they are uh, kissing up to a dictator, maybe allegedly a murderer of his own people. This is what Donald Trump wants to be like. He wants to be like Kim Jong-un. He wants to be like Vladimir Putin. He wants to be a dictator. He doesn't want to be like our uh, Allies, our friends. He he distanced our friends. He makes the man makes a mockery when he goes when he goes overseas to represent the United States. And the thing about it, in most of those countries that he goes to, they know that the Americans, uh, the majority of Americans, most Americans, level-headed thinking Americans, do not want this man representing them at at any point because he's a buffoon he's an idiot he he embarrasses us he has no class he has no dignity he has no nothing he talks like a street thug right off the corner i think donald trump would be better selling watches than being president of the united states yeah selling watches on a street corner somewhere that's what he's a con man and he's not a very good one i think the people that he's conning are just Stupid and crazy people who don't know, who don't have the education to know that they're being conned. So um, we're in America and uh, Donald Trump is overseas and he's, you know, he's embarrassing America as usual. 
and because some of the uh, some of the uh, notable Democrats are coming out and saying this is this is an, an, an atrocity on our on our land, on our constitution, on everything. Donald Trump is just taking the American flag and doo-dooing on it and saying fuck everybody. He's out to destroy the United States with the help of Russia. I know a lot of people out there don't believe that. And then there's a lot of people, more than uh, a lot of people who do believe that. I believe it. And they're using Fox News to do it. I mean, this is just atrocious. John Kerry came out the other day. I think I mentioned that. I think I mentioned that the other day. Uh, was it yesterday on the show? Yeah, he came on, and some more uh, Democrats came out speaking against this. They were speaking against the Supreme Court pick, Brent Kavanaugh, who was just a get-out-of-jail-free card for Donald Trump. That's all it is. And you've got so many Republicans that who are now, Republicans who are now leaving the party because of this. You got diehard Trumpsters out there who, which is true, if Trump shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, they would still vote for him. The level-headed people <laughs> know that would never happen. The first thing, if Donald Trump shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, he would, his ass would go straight to jail, not back to the White House. But a lot of uh, his supporters believe that he could get away with murder. Laws of the United States say, no, 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 no. He cannot do that. But Brent Kavanaugh, Donald Trump's Supreme Court pick, is nothing but a get-out-of-jail card. It's there uh, uh, so that he's there so that he can obstruct even more Mueller's investigation so that Donald Trump will not be going to jail. One of the things I do like what I've heard yesterday that Mueller is asking for a hundred more subpoenas in the Manafort case. A hundred subpoenas. That means uh, uh, more than a hundred people or so will be called to testify in this man's case. Maybe Donald Trump because he worked for Donald Trump. Donald Trump lied and said, well, he, he only worked for us a week. He, it, it was more than a week. Or two weeks. Donald Trump is one of the biggest liars there is. And, and the worst president ever. Um, in a lot of people's estimations. He is the worst. And every day he proves it. He proves it every day. He's been in office for almost two years now. I believe two years and counting or something. That, that effect. Just about two years. And he has just wrecked everything. Yeah, there's going to be a blue wave. I think there's going to be a blue wave, but I think we're going to need more. But that, if Donald Trump is still in office, we will have access to his tax returns. Maxine Waters will have access to his tax returns. We will have access to everything financial that he's dealt with because the Republicans in Congress at this stage, they're aiding and abetting him, keeping him from being uh, prosecuted and thrown out of office because they're betting, aiding and abetting. So with these 100 subpoenas that uh, 
blank subpoenas. Blank, that means he's going to be filling in people's names uh, who are going to be testifying. And so happens, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of Congress people with their names on it, a lot of these thug Republicans with their names on it. And it's interesting uh, to follow. Uh, but a lot of us may be hoping for at least 100 indictments coming up. That <laughs> that means a lot of these assholes are going to jail uh, who are uh, traitors to this country. And the Republicans, there are no doubt, folks, Republicans are traitors to this country. But we have to stand up. We have to stand up. Uh, other countries are standing up to Donald Trump big time in every way. But America, we're not standing up to him. And he and he's wrecking the country. Other countries are saying, hey, America, they're our friends. Get out. But America has to stand up to Donald Trump. There's no doubt about that. America has to stand up to Donald Trump. We have to fight our own battles. We can't let our friends uh, fight our battles for us. We, we have this parasite, this insect in our White House and in our Congress and, and probably now in our uh, Supreme Court, we have to do this ourselves. The American people have to do this. You can't wait for Congress. Congress is, is aiding and abetting. They're complicit. They're a part of this whole thing. They're, help, they're helping to keep this crook, this, this criminal, this sexual harasser in office. How many sexual harassers uh, have lost their jobs? A lot. A hell of a lot. But Donald Trump, the king of the sexual harassers, he gets to keep his job. And then it, and then if and then if one of his uh, uh, opponents are accused of sexual harassment, Donald Trump is going after them, forgetting all about that he's the king of it. He's going after it because he knows the Republicans are going to allow that, keep him in office. Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, and the rest of these Republican thugs. All right, you've been listening to the George Wanda Jr. Show. It's all about making the world a better place. And one of the ways, a couple of ways that we can make the world a better place, we have to get rid of people who are not about our interest. All right, Rebecca Rockwood, as you probably just heard, <laughs> uh, will be uh, here on the George Wanda Jr. Show, and we're going to find out what is up with her and uh if I sound a little bit somber, folks, because I, I, I'm a little bit under the weather, you know, yeah, a little bit under the weather. Anyway, the George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air, and uh, we're going to take a musical break, folks, and we will be right back. Let's see what we got here. Okay, I've got a lot of stuff. All righty. Cold, cold, cold. The George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, yeah, I want to mention that uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week, we were off the air because uh, I believe Black Talk Radio, the system itself, went down. They were trying to upgrade or repair some stuff, and uh, uh, the show went down because of that for two days, for two days. At least they should have told us. They could have told us, well, Mr. Wilder, the, uh, the show is going to be off the air, or we're not going to be able to uh, – get you to log on because um, we're doing some upgrading or we're doing some repairing uh, to the system itself. And then I would have known that uh, we probably should um, 
not be on the air for the for the show is being uh, the system is being upgraded. But uh, we weren't we weren't told we weren't letting we weren't told we were not let uh, we were not nobody told us uh, or known that the show was going to that I couldn't log on log on into the show and people were ready to be on the show. But uh, you know things like that happen happen so we just have to deal with it. I want to apologize for those folks who were out there waiting for the show to come on and it never did. And I was trying fiercely to log in. To my own show. You are on the committee to investigate Russia, uh, representing Hollywood on that committee. Your thoughts at the end of one year and where we are as we've watched this week, Rudy Giuliani and others say not only that the investigation is illegitimate, but that when its findings are presented, he will in fact, and the White House will in fact, tear it to shreds. Well, I mean, we're, you know, this is breakneck speed for uh, an investigation of this magnitude. We've never seen anything like this. We have a foreign power uh, basically trying to undermine our democracy and the possibility that uh, uh, the president of the United States is in uh, a conspiracy with that foreign power. This has never happened before in this country, and you can see why the other side is, is, is putting out a full-court press, because 
they know that what's coming down the pike conceivably is the biggest scandal in American history. And we are fighting right now for the soul of our democracy. And I, I want to say one thing about what's happening uh, in terms of the media. We can get into shock and awe, which is all about the, you know, uh, the free press and the attack on the free press and how difficult it is to get the truth out. If you guys look at your specific uh, ads that you have for your network, there are two ads that you run which basically focus on the importance of a free and independent media and a free press. We're on, you're under attack, the press is under attack, and right now, if you remove the ability to get the truth out, then you're going to have uh, the destruction of democracy. We don't have any more... Uh, there's no checks and balances from coming from the Congress. Right now, the courts are holding, but this is the first time in American history where you have a state-run television, Fox, uh, Breitbart, uh, Sinclair, and Alex Jones, aligned with the President of the United States. That's very, very tough. The battle lines have been drawn, and we're going to see whether or not democracy survives. Rob, you know more than just about anyone about storytelling, and I wonder if you can sort of, I, I know you know a lot of the granular details of the story about Russia's role in meddling in 2016, but I wonder just as storytellers, if the coalition you just listed, the President of the United States, his lemmings in, in the House, uh, Republican uh, Freedom Caucus, who are doing his bidding, basically waging a war against the Trump appointee-led Justice Department FBI, the network you just listed, are they doing a better job telling what is a false story than the truth-tellers are doing? No. The truth-tellers are telling the better story. The problem is that when you've got 40% of the country that is only tuned in to the lies, and they are cemented, it's, very, it's going to be very hard for the truth to break through when uh, all of the information comes out. You have to understand, this is a counterintelligence uh, investigation. These things normally take years and years to unfold. We're seeing uh, Bob Mueller uh, uh, work at breakneck speed. I mean, he's gotten, like you say, all these no, indictments and no, guilty pleas. And this is all within a period of a year. When you compare it to uh, Benghazi, four years, the Clinton investigation that eventually wound up with, uh, with an impeachment was six years. So uh, this is one year, and you just laid it out, Nicole, with uh, the, the volume of what's happened in a year. It's astounding. I I do believe, and I you know, go with your earlier guest, John Meacham, I have hope that democracy will survive. We've been tested before, but make no mistake about it, we are being tested right now as to whether or not 241 years of self-rule will emerge. So Rob mentioned his new movie, Shock and Awe. It all ties in here. It chronicles the true story of journalists who are credited with getting it right in the lead-up to the Iraq War, with reporting that question the nature of the Bush White House's justification for that war. Morning Joe now has the exclusive first look at the trailer. Let's take a look. Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. They're dialing up the rhetoric on Iraq. Let's see if we can nail them down, okay? Let's get to work. Working on a theory that the administration has already decided to go to war and is now focused on how to justify it. It's not a theory. 
We're working on something important. That's why I'm here, to make you an offer. Joe Galloway. Wow. And he even walks like he has a bronze star. What do you want to know? Everything the administration doesn't. Well, Trump, I'm reading here on uh, The Hill. Trump says he feels unwelcome in London due to protests. Trump is unwelcome in America. <laughs> He's unwelcome in America. And, uh, you know, and he will continue to be unwelcome. He feels unwelcome. I mean, he could have said that before he even went to London. You know, he feels unwelcome, as if we're supposed to say, oh, my goodness, uh, Trump doesn't feel like he's welcome in London. He's not welcome in America. That's going to be the response of, of millions and millions of Americans once they, once everybody gets a hold of this and hears this, which they will. Uh, at least most people will, uh, because I'm going to make sure that I push it, uh, because I think pushing a lot of this stuff is is actually standing up to Donald Trump. When you're pushing so much stuff, you, 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 you're pushing things uh, uh, and you're standing up to Donald Trump. And there's so many Americans are not standing up to this man. And uh, that I think that's where we we're making our mistake. You know, we're uh, we are Americans. And we should be fighting for our country. Yeah, the blue wave is going to take a lot of them out, but you never know because you you don't you don't know how these Republicans are going to try to cheat and gerrymander their way back in office and get away with it because they're going to be in charge. And you never know. A lot of these judges they may start looking, fearing for their jobs, and start doing and aiding and abetting the judges. I mean, the Republicans in Congress. All righty. Americans are not standing up to Trump. What are we cowards? There are 327 million Americans, the population. Tell me why we can't take our country back. And I I believe we will. I believe we will. And, uh, you know, it's all about uh, getting the vote out. It's all about even if the Republicans cheat. I think I said this yesterday on on the show. Even if the Republicans cheat and they will, believe me, they will. They may use Russia. This is made. This is probably why they've gone over there, gone over there to meet with the Russians. And everybody said, "Why is the, our Congress going to meet Russia, whether Republicans or Democrats?" Traitors! This guy is a dictator. This guy is treats his people like shit. And this is what Donald Trump wants. Donald Trump wants to treat us like shit, but we're not going to let him do that, are we? Are we? No, we're not. So Trump says he feels unwelcome in London. He is unwelcome in London. He should have known that before he even gone to London. Any part of the world, Trump is unwelcomed, except for the dictators. I mean, Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, they welcome. I mean, Trump kisses their feet. He's their puppet. Then he comes back to America and try to, uh, you know, run roughshod over Americans because he knows the majority of Americans do not like him. A, a majority of people around the world do not like this guy. And you wonder how does he sleep at night knowing that he's hated so much? How does he sleep? How? And people will say, well, he's a narcissist. He has no feelings. He has no empathy. He has no nothing. That's how he sleeps. Because most people would, you know, and you wonder, damn, with all of this uh, hate that's coming up, coming down upon him, it seems like he would be really, really stressful. 
But again, people say, well, he's a narcissist, fascist. <laughs> he, he has no empathy. He has no feelings. He has nothing for anybody. So that's how he gets away with it. And he feels great. But a lot of times when I see photographs or, or videos of Donald Trump, he looks like a sick man. I'm talking about not just in the head, but health-wise. He doesn't seem like he's very, very healthy. He doesn't look that way. I'm pretty sure that when he got his physical, uh, uh, physical, his doctor lied about him, like about him being in great health. I mean, when I see these videos of Donald Trump, this man looks sick. Look, and he's about to take away health care from millions and millions and millions of Americans. Or he has taken away health care from millions and millions of Americans, seniors included, elderly included, and he's the one who is sick. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand Donald Trump, period. All I know is that the guy, he can't go on like this. I, I don't. I don't see him going on like this. I see Mueller coming after him, whether it's bef- before the midterms or after the midterms. I see Mueller coming after him and a lot of them jackasses in Congress. You know, I mean, why would Mueller want a hundred subpoenas, blank subpoenas, where he can fill in names of people he wants to, to, to testify at uh, Manafort's trial? And we're talking about Paul, Paul Manafort. He worked for Donald Trump. Paul Manafort, the guy who's in jail right now, gave us Mike Pence. So we keep our fingers crossed. We may get Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, all sharing the same jail cell. But these people, they have screwed around America so much, they need more than jail. Maybe a public hanging <laughs> would suffice. You think? <laughs> you think a public hanging would would be great <laughs> of these four monsters and their minions? I believe with all my heart, folks, that we're going to take this country back. I really do believe that. All right, my guest, Rebecca Rockwood. I think she called in and then she took off or or something. But, hey, the show must go on, and we're going to go with Rob Reiner again. This is Rob Reiner, uh, I believe CNN. You are on the committee to investigate Russia, uh, representing Hollywood on that committee. Your thoughts at the end of one year and where we are as we've watched this week, Rudy Giuliani and others say not only that the investigation is illegitimate, but that when its findings are presented, he will, in fact, and the White House will, in fact, tear it to shreds. Well, I mean, we're, you know, this is breakneck speed for uh, an investigation of this magnitude. We've never seen anything like this. We have a foreign power uh, basically trying to undermine our democracy and the possibility that uh, uh, the president of the United States is in uh, a conspiracy with that foreign power. This has never happened before in this country, and you can see why the other side is, is, is putting out a full... All right, folks, we're back. Thank you, Rob, for that. Thanks. Thank you. I didn't mean to cut him off, but hey, it's a clip. What can I say? Let's go over here. 
All right, Rebecca, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Rebecca Rockwood. Hi, George. Hi, how you doing? Can you, you turn so up your volume a little me. bit? Yeah, it, it's up all the way. Do you need me to yell? Can you hear me now? <laughs> you sound like you're in a vacuum. Oh, my gosh. Do I really? I don't know how to fix it. Hmm. Uh, are you, uh, you know, you, you. Uh, you sound really low. You know, I don't I, really low. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Uh, do you have a Skype? You do you want to call me through Skype? No, no. Well, we'll try and do it this way. I don't want to uh okay. kind of mess up anything because I, you know, I try to use Skype and sometimes things go haywire on Skype and. Uh, oh, okay. So we'll try and do yeah. it this way. But you are okay. low. Okay. So I'm gonna tell my audience out there to. So I'm gonna tell the audience to turn up the volume a little bit on on their uh, computer or radio. <laughs> I am yelling. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're in the trunk of a car. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Normally, um, you you I'm extremely loud and you can't get me to shut up and and people have to edit me to be lower. Um, so. Yeah, well, I'm sorry we're having this technical difficulty. Hopefully, um, uh, nobody minds too much. Okay, right, right. That's what I'm telling everybody out there to listen, uh, to listen, to turn up your volume to hear you. You know, uh, I know my yeah. voice is probably my voice is probably booming over yours. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, but uh, all right. So, anyway, re- huh? We'll we'll give it a shot. Uh, Rebecca, okay. and when when the show is over, you can always go back and listen to the show and see how you sound it once it's over, okay? Okay. I'll send you a link to the show once it's over so you can hear yourself or or how, how low you are, okay? So anyway, yes, Rebecca okay. Rockwood on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Rebecca, tell us, give us a little bit of your bio, tell us uh, about yourself, and tell why would we listen. Yeah, so I actually, I'm a spiritual counselor in the west suburbs of Chicago. Um, oh, okay. So, and, yeah, so the essential, the parts, my entire work revolves around the fact that as a spiritual person and your awareness of that, that you cannot, serve, you cannot solve material world issues without divine intervention and divine assistance. So I essentially teach people how to connect with, um, you know, God or whatever their higher power is um, so that they can be of service in the world instead of being run over by fear. Yeah, but Rebecca, there are so many people who do not believe in God. They're atheists. They were once uh, God-fearing people, but now they become atheists because they just don't think there's a God. So how would you, uh, are you just, are you just going to be going after the people who you know are God's God fearing and need more in divine intervention into their lives or just trying to persuade people to come back uh, to God? Oh, I'm not persuading anybody. It's just that um, the people who are interested, right? Okay. Who are interested. And, and sometimes there are people who, um, maybe feel a spiritual disconnect because they um, don't see the evidence of God, right? And so I teach yeah. people how to build 
evidence of God and how God works in their life on a daily basis. So it, it literally creates physical world evidence of divine intervention. Yeah, I I uh, I can't say that I believe in God. I I I know at one time I know at one time I did I I did. Uh, Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and all this stuff. This, this stuff is all good. I mean, people see this stuff on television. They read it in the Bible, and you know, it, it sounds like it, it could actually be reality. Uh, I don't know if there's a God or not, but I do know there's something out here, something that's keeping us afloat on planet Earth. And you know, it's got. I mean, we're the only planet in the solar system that has life on it of, of some sort. And it's just mind-boggling that uh, uh, we're still here and not blown up, you know. I mean, so I do think there's something out there, whether you call it a god or whatever you call it, there's something divine out there. There is. And the thing is, people usually haven't had a full experience of it um, to Mm -hmm. really know how it works or... Um, whatever, and it's usually due to misplaced focus. Um, so what happens is if if your focus is um, on things that kind of steal your peace or make you feel mentally restless or, you know, things of that nature, of course you cannot feel peaceful. You can't even relax. And even when you try, your mind will not shut off enough. I mean, it'll just keep going. Um, so, but the key here, I mean, is because otherwise the fear of the world will weigh you down. So the goal is, sure will. is to, yes, uh, the goal here is to then connect with, I'll say a power source that can fortify your strength so you can feel a peace and be able to be effective, uh, doing what you do in the world to combat fear in the world. Yeah, I can tell you right now, a lot of people are scared. <laughs> a lot of people are scared Absolutely, of everything. Absolutely, a lot of people are scared. Absolutely, and they have the, and you know what? And, and a lot of people are scared, and they have the right to be scared. You know, I mean, if, you know. so how would you curtail that fear in so many people? It depends on the situation. Really, it's an individual basis. Yeah, sure, of mm. course, people have every reason to be scared. And, you know, authority is oftentimes, I guess, feared. But if you work in a partnership with something that is bigger than national authority, then you get what's called divine favor that can help things out and divine intervention. Mm. Rebecca Rockwood on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Rebecca, have you written about this? I have, yes. I have a book that is out now. Um, actually, I just I just sold out all of my physical book copies, and more are coming on the way. Um, but, yes, wow. if, I'm, if I'm so spiritual, why do I feel so crappy? Uh, because there are many parallels, especially people when they start out um, – they know they believe in a higher power or they may not have a name for it or whatever it is for them. Um, but it's a complete methodology of how to build physical world evidence yeah. of how the divine can work in your life. So, yeah. I mean, and that's really what it is. The subtitle is um, how to partner with the divine and upbuild your life from nothing because my clients come in and they're really at the bottom of the barrel. 
And um, so they have no life direction, and they've been stuck with depression and anxiety usually their whole life. And, mm-hmm. you know, usually they have a, um, a mental illness diagnosis of some sort that they also um, kind of harp on a lot in the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But I teach people how to see beyond their mental illness and see what else they are. And uh, transformation, life transformation happens pretty quickly, um, sometimes in just a few sessions. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds, all of it sounds great. And I'm pretty sure that from listening to you, when you're talking about your book, I'm gathering, I'm getting the sense that it's getting some pretty good uh, reaction from people. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I, people say that it's something that they can go back and reference. And the book starts at a rock bottom place. And that is exactly uh-huh. what the readers are going to see when they open to the first page and it walks you through an entire process of how to build your life from the bottom and not get run down by fear, how to get motivation when you maybe have never had any before because motivation and inspiration just, it doesn't just fall from the sky. You have something in you that, you know, you, you may be stuck in a rut in your daily life, and you know something mm-hmm. needs to change. You, you yeah. want to feel more vital and more just alive and inspired. And, uh, but if you are too fearful and you're feeling too powerless in the world, you cannot be effective in combating the things you're afraid of. So I teach people how to um, you know, just connect and get empowered and strong so that they can do work um, of value that they love and so they can change their lives. Yeah, Rebecca, can you share an excerpt? Yeah, I will. So um, let's see here. All right, so yeah, here's just um, just a couple paragraphs here. Yeah, Let's yeah, see. So this, this is in a section called The Root of It All, okay? And I chose this because... This is essentially kind of why people are, I don't know why I've been feeling crappy for so long, kind of what's wrong with me. Um, so this is really kind of an answer to that. <laughs> all right, so the meaning of your life and all of your joy and vitality in life is wrapped up in one thing, and that is your reason for living and your divine mission and essentially being of service in the world. And you cannot accomplish it if you're feeling powerless. So you're using your free will improperly, getting caught in distractions, vices, and emotions even. So this is why maybe for years you have felt a sense of I'm running out of time or I'm wasting time because you are. And it hurts more every passing year. So, I mean, you're not here to get involved in everyone's business or watch junk TV or Allowing politics to paralyze you or troll social media, you're here to be of service, right? So you're willingly allowing your fear to override cultivating spiritual diligence, and it's running you over. But when you put your focus Godward and your heart Godward, everything else unnecessary will, will all play a part in how you feel, right? So Look at the ratio of your day and see how much of your day is lived in fear, love, or perpetuating your own stagnation. How many of your decisions are made out of fear or emotional insecurity 
And how much are you allowing into your mind with media and political bickering and personal drama and other stuff? So is it any wonder that your mind is too full and you don't have peace? So, you know, step one is you have to be taught what motivation entails and how to keep it. Because most people who are feeling afraid in the world feel too powerless um, because they're not connected to a power source to do anything. And that power source is going to be a source of inspiration. And then once you have it, mm-hmm. it's about sustaining it. And so that is where you start. <laughs> I mean, you've sold me on the book. I'm going to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and, yeah, I mean. Go right ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, um, so the my my paperbacks are all sold out on Amazon and my website. All that's left now okay. is the Kindle versions and the e-books, and those are still on Amazon, of course. But I have a new shipment of okay. paperbacks that should be here in yeah. the next week or so. So if you're interested in getting a paperback, anybody out there, you can just go yeah. to my website and get on a wait list so you can be notified when they come in. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're I want to say congratulations. I want to say congratulations to you on the sales of your paperbacks. You know, I mean, I think I think oh, that's yeah. wonderful. I mean, you don't ran out of ran out of paperbacks. You need to people I have do. to get on a waiting exactly. list for a paperback. But absolutely. uh, but a Kindle. I mean, I just, but a Kindle. Yeah. But a, yeah, but Kindle, you can always people can always download it on a Kindle. You know, no matter what, that'll never run out. So. And, oh, I, know. Um, I love my yeah. Kindle. It's so convenient. Yeah, me too. I think that's the best way I buy books is Kindle. I mean, I, I have a few paperbacks here, but, uh, you know, I, I just love reading my books uh, on my reader. You know, it's a Kindle reader. Yes. And it's beautiful. And, um, Absolutely. Okay, so tell us, tell us, give us a website. Tell us one more time where we can get your book and, uh, uh, and if you're going to be writing another book. Yeah, so my... So, yeah, my website is RebeccaRockwood.com. I have an office okay. in the West Suburbs in Clarendon Hills here in Chicago. So I'm local. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually going to be at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in Skokie in August. So if you're around, mm-hmm. definitely stop by my table because I'm going to be doing free 20-minute sessions. Um, hey, I'm in and... Chicago, too, so that might happen. Oh, are you really? Oh. Yeah, I'm broadcasting <laughs> out of the city of yes. Chicago. I'm on the north yeah, side. Yeah, I'm yeah. near the lake. I'm I'm near the oh, lake okay. here. Lake on Lake Michigan. Nice, nice. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So um <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. And all all I can say is that when people reach out to me, they are always skeptics, but I love when new clients are skeptics because they make the best testimonials when they walk yeah. out of my yeah. door. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and the only way I can explain it is that people feel different when they walk out than when they came in in just an hour exactly, time. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah, so folks out there you go I pick up that so folks out there you go pick up Rika Rockwood's Kindle or and uh, yes. her website and you can if you want to get on a waiting list we uh, I, I believe you can go to to your website and to get on a waiting list for a paperback. Yes, absolutely. Just put your email in there, and then you will be notified as soon as they come in. 
All right, Rebecca Rockwood on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thank you so much, and I wish you a lot of luck with your book. It sounds like it's something that could work, you know, So, but it, it can only work if people uh, want to participate and they're looking for that particular kind of divine intervention. Rebecca Rockwood, thanks for being on the show, and hopefully we'll talk again. Thank you so much, George. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Rebecca Rockwood on the George Wilder Jr. Show. And it is still beautiful in the city of Chicago, folks. It is beautiful. It's still daylight daylight out here. That's one of the things I love about daylight saving time. It's always there. It's always there. And uh, we're going to do a, take a little musical break here. If I sound a little bland, a little dull, it's because, I don't know, there's something wrong with my throat here. Folks, it happens. People get sick. And uh, I'm no exception. I'm no exception whatsoever. And it says here, uh, I'm looking at the hill. It says Trump says he feels unwelcome in London due to protest. I think, I've, well, I mean, you know, of course he feels unwelcome. He, he's going to feel unwelcome everywhere he goes be- because of his policies of separating children from their parents at the border. Nobody likes that. That is not what America is about. That is not what America is about. We are an accepting and loving country. We just have to take it back from the thugs in the White House, in Congress, uh, and will be in the Supreme Court because of the Trump's pick. And I'm hoping that the Democrats can fight this nomination, can fight this, because if they don't, this is going to go on. This is going to affect your life, my life, and everybody else's lives for decades to come, children, grandchildren. uh, uh, This is really bad. This is really bad, folks. So we have to try. Americans, as Americans, we have to try to stand up for our country. No doubt about it.
The inspector general reported that the FBI's handling of the Clinton email investigation. He also spoke about immigration. CNN's Van Jones here with the bottom line. I, I guess let's listen to just You're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Yes, how are you doing, sir? Including the Inspector General reported that the FBI's handling of the Clinton email investigation. He also spoke about immigration. CNN's Van Jones here with the bottom line. I, I guess let's listen to just what he said, because we were on TV. I want to get a take on this. I say that the IG blew it at the very end with that statement, because when you read the report, it was almost like Comey. He goes point after point about how guilty Hillary is. Mm -hmm. And then he said, but we're not going to do anything about it. Uh, The report, the IG report, was a horror show. I thought that one sentence of conclusion was ridiculous. All right, what he's talking about there is the IG put out a report that said, we found no evidence that the conclusions brought to prosecutors were affected by bias or other improper considerations. So we have this 500-page IG report where there's a lot in it the president likes, but he decides to dispute the conclusion there, Ben. Well, I mean, uh, it, there is stuff in there that nobody should like. Uh, let's just be honest. Like, you know, when you, when you have people who are uh, supposed to be doing a professional job and they're having side conversations, but you know what? That actually happens in real life. People have, you know, I've, I've been in hospitals where, you know, doctors and nurses are, are having, you know, negative side conversations about patients or families. That doesn't mean they then go into the surgery and botch it on purpose. It doesn't mean the nurse is not giving the pills properly. People can have opinions. Uh, maybe they shouldn't have them. Maybe they're catty. Maybe they're petty. But it doesn't mean that they're not doing their job properly. And at the end of the day, it seems to me that's what they found. People had catty personal opinions. But you can't find evidence that those opinions actually change the outcome of these investigations. And both facts are important. Both facts. We were just talking about immigration. Um, as you know, there are children who are being separated from their parents at the border under this new zero-tolerance policy that's being implemented by Attorney General Jeff Sessions. I think the president just addressed that. And I, we think that what he said was that there's this immigration draft of a new bill from the Republicans. And it has, uh, you know, various tenants most of them pretty hardline or um, will assuage conservatives' feelings, certainly more than Democrats. But it also does include a path for dreamers. And it says that it would be a fix to this separating of parents and children. We're not exactly sure how. But it sounds like the president said he will not vote for this Republican bill. Is that what you heard, too? He says he will not sign what he calls the more moderate agreement here. Now, you can disagree about whether, in fact, it is moderate or conservative. But he will not sign this agreement that the House Speaker and others helped forge with the moderates in that party. This essentially, if he understands what he just said, blows up the Republican deal that they just made. Van, there is urgency here to solve the problem of separating these parents with children. Beyond urgency. I mean, this is not a a, a zero-tolerance policy. This is a zero-humanity policy. It's a zero-dignity policy. It's a a zero-human rights policy. There is no country on planet Earth that when uh, refugees show up on the border, fleeing violence, fleeing gang activity, running for their lives, that rip babies away from mothers and and, and jail the mothers, incarcerate the mothers, and the children, too. That is unprecedented uh, on the planet. Has it happened in narrow cases in the U.S. before? Yes, with good cause. But a blanket wholesale attack on every single person 
coming here. Even people who are facing, well, these people are breaking the law. They should be treated like garbage. That's not our constitution, but fine. Some of these people are following the letter of our asylum Absolutely. laws to which, the letter uh, which, and having their children stripped away. Which they must be protected when they show up on our shores seeking asylum. Because, because human rights law that the United States pioneered and brought the world into requires that. Not only our own laws, but global human rights laws. And for the President of the United States to do anything to jeopardize the six. And by the way, if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, pro-family, pro-baby, pro-choice, all these things about the, the, the innocent, and, and, and so frustrated with the Democratic Party for not understanding your argument that, you know, whatever the parents did or didn't do, that, 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 that child in the womb is innocent and shouldn't be punished based on what the parents decide. Apply that to the border. Don't punish babies. Don't punish children because of the choices of the parents. Where is the Republican Party? Where are my conservative friends? Where are, where are, where are my fellow people of faith and Christians on the abuse of children on our own borders. The, the silence has been appalling. I hope it breaks this weekend. Where is the president? Let's listen to the sound from the White House just moments ago. So, um, I certainly wouldn't have signed a more modest What does the bill have to I need, I need a bill that gives this country tremendous border security. I have to have that. Bring in CNN political director David Challey. The president just said it. He would not sign the more moderate bill. And David, and I say this with the utmost respect, I'm not sure he understands what he just said. I, I think what he was just saying was he's not going to accept the deal that was reached within the Republican caucus. And if that's the case, he just blew up the party's immigration plans again. And you're saying that, John, because, right, the more moderate version, that deal that you're saying, then the Goodlatte bill, yeah. right, uh, is, is what we would sort of analyze as the more moderate version. But here, here's the thing. The other thing that the president said there was, yes, they need to fix this legislatively. He likes to blame the Democrats, as Sarah Sanders uh, did yesterday, uh, for creating the law that is uh, now being enforced to separate these children from their families. Uh, but my ears perked up, too, as soon as I, I heard him say that, because it sounds like uh, he's not willing to sign at this point the bill that the Republican House majority is crafting as a compromise deal, right. uh, yet he still says he wants a legislative fix. And right now, I, I, that seems to be the only one that potentially uh, has the possibility of, of getting enough votes to actually be a legislative fix. Van, you, Van, you said, where are my fellow friends, my, my friends, the conservatives, where are the evangelicals? Franklin Graham probably, you know, arguably best-known evangelical Christian in the country, he said that this is unconscionable. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that was basically the message that he sent to the White House. Uh, yes, and then he said uh, this is because of 20 or 30 years of bad policy and, and lack of leadership, which, of course, is also true. But we need sharper statements from our conservative Christian friends. This is a no-brainer. This is not hard. You can say, I want the most secure borders ever, but I don't want to scar children. I do not want uh, two-year-old babies who are going to be emotionally scarred for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Where is my mama? Where is my mama? For three months, six months. You don't want that to have a secure border, and you don't have to ha do that to children to have a secure border. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Uh, and from my point of view, this is the opportunity for the Christian evangelical movement to step forward and say, hold on a second. If we're going to be key to this governing coalition, we are going to impose some morals and some principles, maybe not on the behavior of the president in his personal life, but certainly on the behavior of public policy. And, and David Chalian, the president saying he wants a legislative fix, once again, it's deflecting. It's saying that others should do something on this when it's an administration 
decision. The administration, totally. Yep. They decided to do this. You could have the argument, obviously, Van feels a certain way. There are others, although I, it does feel as if they've created a bit of a groundswell of people who feel similarly to Van here along Franklin Graham and others. And the folks. But the White House needs to own the fact that they chose this path. They are choosing to separate the children from the parents. And, and the other thing that, that President Trump said in this really unprecedented kind of stroll to the North Lawn uh, kind of interview, I don't think I've ever seen a President of the United States uh, speaking on television from the stand-up reporter position on the North Lawn before, but he strolled out there and talked to Fox this morning. And the other thing he said, John, is uh, tough on immigration wins. Yeah. I've learned that, and now we're in an era where tough on immigration wins. So uh, he sees... Uh, this enforcement action as some kind of political win. The polls don't say that at all. The Congress, his own party in the Congress, clearly doesn't believe that this is a political win for them right now. They are scrambling to come up with a more humane solution here. Uh, but the president truly, uh, just use his own words, believes that the toughest position on you could possibly have on immigration-related matters is a winning position. Well, there you go. So if the poll numbers dip, then you'll see the policy on this zero-tolerance policy changing at the border. I mean, that is the hope. If, if Americans speak out and tell pollsters how they feel about it, that's how possibly how it will change. I, I, think, I think there are a number, number of things that need to happen. Um, first of all, um, everybody, if you've never called your congressperson before, uh, Google it. It's not hard. Everybody, right, left, yeah, doesn't agree. matter who you are, say, listen, don't abuse patients at our border. That's not appropriate. We don't want that. And then it's important, listen, uh, there needs to be a signal sent, I think, in November uh, that, you know, some things are beyond the pale. And I think if you, if you begin to put that together, I think the calculation changes. But what's key is that Trump doesn't care about the general polling. He cares about the polling for his base, which means that if you are a Trump voter, if you, you have a tremendous amount of power in this situation. If you are a Trump voter, you've always been there for him, you want the wall, you say, I want the wall, but I don't want babies abused. That begins to crack into his decision-making model, and we need to hear from Trump voters who don't want this kind of abuse. And, and, and if you're going to ride with them on everything, including this kind of mistreatment, where we're going to be an international pariah, where we're doing bad stuff, then I start to ask the question, at what, at what, is there a bottom to the moral uh, collapse that we're in? And then to change the subject, because I do think this is a very interesting discussion, but I want to get to another thing the president was talking about this morning on the lawn. He was talking about North all right. The president, President Donald Trump on Thursday reported, said he feels uncomfortable uh, in London due to expected protests during his visit uh, to the uh, United Kingdom. There's no doubt about it. There's been a lot of criticism about him going there. And, and I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump knew that there would be protests uh, all over the place. He knew about the baby uh, the baby blimp or whatever it was. And earlier on Thursday, Donald Trump said he believes London citizens like, they like him a lot. Uh, this is what I'm quoting Donald Trump here. He says that, that London, the citizens of London liked him a lot. If they liked him a lot, please, if they liked him a lot. They wouldn't be uh, uh, protesting uh, uh, from one street to the next, from one sidewalk to the next. They're protesting all over London. So I don't think they actually like him at all, despite reports of multiple panned against him, including a protest involving a 20-foot, yeah, tall, inflatable baby bearing his face 
<laughs> that was scheduled to be flown during his visit to London. But after being asked about, but after being asked about the blimp, Trump reportedly told us the paper that uh, I guess when they put out blimps to make me feel unwelcome, no reason for me to go to London. But he went anyway, you know. And London's mayor approved a request from protesters to fly the blimp, the baby Donald Trump blimp, uh, when Trump visits near Parliament. And and for that, I, I believe Trump called the mayor of London a, uh, uh, a loser or something to that effect. He called him a loser or, or her a loser uh, because of uh, probably the baby blimp. Anyway, Trump says that he is... He doesn't think he's welcomed in London due to the protest, but further down in, in this article, it says that he um, it says that he uh, feel that people of London liked him. I don't know. It sounds like to me some sort of a contrast. I don't think they liked him because if they liked him, they wouldn't be protesting him. And the Londoners are protesting him because of his policies in America. And more likely his policies uh, with other world leaders. And uh, Americans feel uh, embarrassed uh, every time Trump goes overseas and does something idiotic or, or, or just childish or just buffoonish. Because you got, you got leaders coming out, Republicans and Democrat leaders coming out and blasting Trump for uh, – belittling the United States every time he goes overseas and look and, and uh we look bad you know so um okay Trump attacks London mayor over terrorism uh I'm quoting Trump here Trump says he he's done a terrible job when it comes to terrorism and I think as I said before I I believe Trump only attacked this London mayor because of the baby blimp because of the terrorism uh, uh, not not terrorism, but because of the protest that uh, is going on in this country. Country. Uh, it, it's a shame when uh, you have a president of the United States, which some people assume, uh, say that he's the worst ever. And then he goes to Korea and he, you know, embraces uh, Kim Jong-un. He goes to Russia, embraces uh, Vladimir Putin, and he, uh, these are proven dictators, um, possible murderers of their own people, their own, you know, whatever. And Trump, uh, and our allies, Trump doesn't give a damn about our allies. He's in the hell with them. I'm going with the bad guys. And uh, a lot of people are pissed off about that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on on the Black Talk Radio. As I said before, folks, we uh, a couple of days ago, Two days, Monday, Tuesday, we were off the air. I was trying desperately to get on the air, but there was something going on with Block Talk Radio itself, the system. But it seems to be okay uh, with that because for the uh, yesterday and today I'm on. But usually I'm on four days a week, starting at from 6.30 to uh, 7.30, um, sometimes 8 o'clock, depends on what's going on, on on the show. And we do have some great guests on the show, folks. And if you want to advertise on the show, you want to do this or do that, drop me an email, drop me an inbox, and, and we'll see what can happen if you want to advertise on the show. If you want to uh, sponsor the show, that's fine. That's great. That's beautiful. Um, 
I'm all over the internet, so you can always uh, find me and uh, drop drop a line or two and and let and let me know uh, uh, if things can be done, you know, because the George Wilder Jr. show is going to go on regardless because, you know, uh, I'm the producer, I'm the director, I'm the talk show host, I'm the writer, I'm everything on the show. You know, uh, my son joined me at one point, but I don't think he's, you know, as kids are, sometimes they have no interest in certain things. So you have to let them go and find their own interest. And uh, hopefully it, it's uh, something that's successful. Anyway, the George Wilder Jr. show, it is 717 p.m. in the city of Chicago. I hope it's great and wonderful where you are. It is beautiful. Earlier today, we thought it was going to rain, but somehow it it has uh, stabbed off a little bit. Anyway, and uh, it, it's just such a beautiful time in the city, and I hope, I hope you're having a great time wherever you are in the world. Wherever you are in the world. And remember, the George Wilder Jr. Show is all about making the world a better place. Even if it seems like it's not going to happen, but we're all about work, uh, uh, making the world a better place. And we're going to be here until that happens. You know, it, it could happen. Uh, come uh, a blue wave that's coming uh, in, in the midterms. And I do believe a blue wave is coming. But, folks, we may need more than a blue wave. You know, we're going to have to get out here. We got to be like London. Be like London. I mean, London is on our side. I mean, if you're against Donald Trump, you don't think he's fit to be president, you think he's ridiculous, then you with the uh, uh, people who are of, of London, you know, because anywhere Donald Trump goes, there's going to be protests, protests. And every protest is, uh, is every protest of Donald Trump, wherever he goes, is, is basically good for America. They're on our side. You know, they're on our side. Uh, uh, but we have to be proactive when, when we're protesting. We just can't do it on Sundays. We just can't do it on Saturdays. We have to stand up to this government and take our country back because we know that it is headed in the wrong direction. It's headed in the wrong direction. And we want to get it uh, into the, the direction that it's supposed to be. As someone said once, it whenever... Uh, a Republican is voted out of office. It takes a Democrat to be voted in to clean up the mess that the Republicans left behind. And I, I, I totally, totally believe that. And uh, it's going to take Democrats to clean up the mess Republicans have done. It's going to take Democrats to clean up the mess. And it's a big mess. This mess is going to take A long time. I mean, like decades. I'm Ali Velke in for Lawrence O'Donnell. Trade wars are easy to win. That's what President Trump tweeted to his supporters earlier this year before he actually started a trade war with Canada, Mexico, and the European Union. That trade war continues, and now Donald Trump has started another one. The world's two biggest economies are now engaged in a trade war with the first shot fired by the president just after midnight Friday morning. Donald Trump imposed tariffs on $34 billion worth of Chinese goods coming into the United States, including aircraft parts, heavy machinery, medical equipment, and diesel-powered trucks and buses. China's foreign ministry immediately accused the president of violating world trade rules and launching the largest trade war in economic history and imposed its own tariffs on 
$34 billion worth of American goods, including That's soybeans, beef, pork, poultry, seafood, automobiles, and whiskey. In America. And that might be just Donald the Trump first volley in a long fight. The president told now reporters to, Thursday that he had already prepared tariffs on an additional $16 billion worth of Chinese goods and says he's willing to put tariffs on as much as $500 billion worth of Chinese goods, which would be roughly equivalent to every single Chinese import into America. The first people to lose if the Trump trade war goes wrong are going to be the people who elected Donald Trump. Let me show you a map. This shows where China's retaliatory tariffs will hurt the most. The counties in dark colors will feel the greatest pain in their local industries because of the tariffs. As you can see, most of those counties are dark red, meaning they voted for Donald Trump. According to the Wall Street Journal, almost 20% of the counties that voted for the tr Donald Trump will see more than 25% of their economies affected by the tariffs, while only 3% of the counties that voted Clinton will feel the same impact. Some of those Trump supporters say they are willing to bet the farm, literally, on President Trump's trade war, but farmers work on razor-thin margins and they fear that they'll be ruined if the fight drags on for too long. One farmer in Michigan telling NBC News today, quote, the banks are not going to keep writing checks to save your farm. For some family farms, one season could be the death of them. An owner of the largest family-owned pork producer in the United States telling CNBC the farm industry has been, quote, asked to be good patriots. We have been, but I don't want to be the patriot who dies at the end of the war. And here was the reaction in Maine's lobster industry, which today woke up to new tariffs on its annual exports of more than $100 million worth of lobster to China. Some workers in Maine whose livelihoods depend on that industry spoke to NBC's Vaughn Hilliard. We have enough challenges already with the prices of fuel. The prices of bait have gone up and we just didn't need another challenge like this right now. So now the concern with these tariffs being placed right now by China is? That we will lose a crucial part of the markets that we've developed over the years you know, I here do. in Maine. I to take uh, this time into losing America. sales and revenue for our company, possibly making us uh, eliminate jobs. I'm hopeful that what he's doing is gonna end up in the long run being great for everyone, but right now, How confident people, are you that that's gonna? Not, not very, not very right now. And so Donald Trump has created economic uncertainty across wide, across wide swaths of the United States today. Neither, the America, uh, neither America nor China have shown any signs of backing down so far, and no one is quite sure what happens next. One piece from Reuters today suggests ominously <laughs> the conflict is likely to escalate beyond trade and into curbed visas for Chinese students, toughened vetting of foreign investment in China, and China imposing administrative punishments on American companies, all of which threaten to create more collateral damage in the Trump trade war. Joining us now is Jared Bernstein, a senior fellow at the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. He was the chief economist and economic policy advisor to Vice President Biden. Also joining us, David Korn, Washington bureau chief for Mother Jones, co-author of the book Russian Roulette and an MSNBC political analyst. And Susan Del Percio is a Republican strategist and an MSNBC political analyst. Welcome to all of you on a Friday night. Uh, Susan, let me start with you. Uh, this is, Republicans were always the ones shouting, let's just reduce trade barriers, that the world is better if there's more trade. And look, that's a really, that's a hot topic that we can all debate. But President Trump is up against his own party on this one. 
He absolutely is, and many of his pe the people in his own party are up for re-election in four months. So while President Xi, who's the president for life, can play a long game mm -hmm. on this, I mean, China typically does, the president has to worry about not just uh, his election, but the election coming up in four months. How long can they hold on? Like you said, they go from season to season. And then just also on the strategy part of this, and you actually probably know better than I do, it seems that this should be all about the intellectual property aspect of That's it. That's the issue. Why with are we right? And so why are we why are we hurting our own people? Because one thing we know is that Donald Trump has not actually said what he wants as a result of mm -hmm. this trade war. And that's what's going to be more confusing. He has this nebulous discussion about what fairness. Jared Bernstein, I have to people. tell you, Vaughn Hilliard and our other reporters are out there. They've been out there for he weeks talking to whiskey producers and pork people. producers and uh, lobstermen in, in Maine today. And I will say one thing. In those Trump counties, these uh, folks that we're talking to seem to take some satisfaction in the president taking a tough line. To Susan's point, we're not quite sure where this tough line goes, but Donald Trump has not lost support among a lot of his base by doing this. Yeah, I think that's true because remember he ran on the proposition that some of our trading partners are cheating us. And when it comes to trade with China, and Susan just mentioned this, there are ways in which the Chinese have been guilty of unfair trading practices. Part of that has been intellectual property, but part of that has been manipulating their currency to make their exports to us cheaper than our imports to them. So people who have been involved in tradable good businesses for many years, they recognize that. The problem is, and the two of you were just getting at that, <clears throat> These tariffs won't have that impact. These tariffs are going to hurt many more Americans than they're going to help. And I feel great sympathy for some of those folks who are That's talking about the possibility that, you know, maybe this will help. Because at least as far as I and every other economist on all sides of the aisle sees this down the road, this isn't the way to go about it. It's a very misguided strategy. It's going to lead to higher prices, slower growth. And by the way, you say you're not sure what Donald Trump's goal. His ultimate goal is to reduce the trade deficit. I don't think it's going to do that either. Let me uh, talk about what Donald Trump said last night in Montana. Uh, he he often misstates David Corn. He often misstates the trade deficit with China. He always called it 500 billion. I've measured this many times. It's about 336 billion. That's actually a very big mistake to make. And they know that they're wrong, but they keep doing it. But here's what he said about it. Let's listen. Yeah, they keep lying. They know that they're wrong. We have wrong, all the cards. Doing it. With the bank that everybody's stealing from. I respect China and I respect President Xi, but they've been killing us. $507 billion in trade deficits last year. Talks out of his ass. 507. Who the hell can lose 500? Then you want to do something about it, you get attacked. Oh, that's not nice. That's not free trade. The war was lost on trade many years ago. You know, when they were saying, not a free trader, I said, no. No, no. The war was Just lost. But now know. we're going to win it. And because we have all the cards. So David Corn, he says the war was lost on trade many years ago. The issue, though, with trade globally is that when you trade with people, you're probably less likely to make war with them, and they tend to be your allies in other areas. And at this point, it's a little unusual because we've opened up on many fronts. We're fighting with our allies. We're fighting with our enemies. We're trying to make a deal with North Korea. Uh, we're apparently we're doing something with Russia uh, on the 15th. We're not clear exactly what that is. Uh, and we're pulling out of the Iran deal. So th there's more to this than whether we lost or won a war on trade. It's chaos. I mean, the president you know, says that Putin is fine 
And then he attacks Justin Trudeau, and his chief trade advisor says there's a special place in hell for Justin Trudeau, a remark that he had to apologize for. I mean, I go back to, like, the old Batman movie, The Joker. The Joker likes chaos. It seems that the president has almost a psychological need to create crises. He's not going about this trade policy in a reasonable, rational way, That even, whether his advice is from conservative uh, economists or progressive economists like Jared. Um, he is just do, going pell-mell in a way that seems a blunderbuss attack on trade with our allies, trade with our competitors, in a way that's going to, I think, work to the advantage of China and even work to the advantage of Russia and harming um, Americans in the, in, in the short run, if not the long run. Farmers can't go too long when, you know, in taking these hits. A lot of them live season to season. So I, I don't know what his end game is. I just know that psychologically it looks like he's lashing out and creating a storm because he feels a need to do that. Uh, you make an interesting point, by the way. This does create an advantage for Russia yeah. because all of those things that the Chinese are not going to buy because uh, because they've got tariffs on from America, mm -hmm. i.e. soybeans, they're getting some of it from Brazil. But this is an opportunity from Russia uh, for whom we're trying to control uh, their expansion. They now get to sell more goods. Uh, but they also they also get hard currency. They get hard they, currency. They, it makes it easier for them to get around yes. the sanctions that we've imposed. Correct. It's great for Russia. Uh, Susan, Oxford Economics uh, predicts that if President Trump... Trump Hatred from 
from the mighty and the mighty from the small. Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm an independent, but I lean more Democratic. So you guys out there, you vote blue and keep your head up and remember that the midterms are susceptible to be hacked. But they can't be hacked if we uh, are if we vote strong, if we vote in great volumes, no matter how much they try to cheat or gerrymander, it's not gonna work. Anyway, I want to say thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Have a great evening. Have a great morning. Have a great night. Have a great weekend, which which is uh, whichever finds you when you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Just have a great uh, 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 life. (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying. I'm struggling to say something here, folks. Anyway, join me next week. Uh, We're going to have a full slew of guests on the show. It's going to be exciting. The George Wilder Jr. Show is on four days a week from 7.30, from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. to 8 o'clock sometimes. Depends on what's going on on the show. Anyway, have a great evening, everybody. Have a great morning. Have a great whatever, what a great weekend, whatever, uh, wherever you find yourself when you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, whether it's live or a podcast. And do listen to some of the podcasts. And make sure you check out my uh, Amazon webpage. Okay? All right. uh, Bye-bye, everybody. Take care.